This is the Erasing Shame podcast where we are encouraging Christian Asian mental health. On this episode, you'll hear a conversation with Standing Stone Ministries' two shepherds, Sam Lee and Diana Sun. And they have hundreds more shepherds. And you'll hear about how they are shepherding the shepherds, supporting pastors and their spouses in the work of serving churches and ministries facilitating the conversation is my co-host Sam Yoon and on the video version of this podcast you will see that he has my name DJ Chuang but that's actually Sam Yoon so don't let that confuse you enjoy this conversation all right welcome to the erasing shame podcast I'm so excited to be here my name is Sam I'll be one of the hosts for this month and I'm here with uh, Sam as well as Diana. They are with Standing Stone Ministry, uh, and they just love pastors, and they want to help pastors with their uh, mental health and just overall emotional health, how they can uh, be better. And so I'm excited to have you guys both joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. Uh, before we get kicked off, do you guys just want to briefly just describe um, and introduce yourselves a little bit more so people kind of get an understanding of who you are and what Standing Stone Ministry is? Sure. Why don't I get started? Uh, my name is Sam Lee. I've been a part of Standing Stone for a few years now. In the past couple of years, I've been uh, more on a full-time basis. Uh, I grew up uh, in Asian American churches. I grew up in a Korean church growing up, uh, Korean church in LA, and um, got called into ministry uh, after I had graduated uh, college and after my master's program. I started going into ministry, and I was at a wonderful, like, church, uh, Asian American church in, in Cerritos, very healthy church, but even at that church, I experienced, like, a lot of burnout, and uh, that was part of my experience, and I felt like, okay, this is just kind of normal, you know, but then as I kept going on in ministry, I started realizing um, that this is not really what God intended for us to experience in ministry, and so he started speaking to me more about coming alongside pastors. And so I got introduced to Standing Stone. Um, Standing Stone is really a ministry that shepherds shepherds. Mm. And so we kind of come along those that really do all of the pouring out and we want someone to come alongside them and for them to be able to care for themselves, which pastors do a terrible job at. And I just <laughs> wanted to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so for my specific role at Standing Stone, uh, I'm trying to be a little bit more on the proactive side. So I'm involved into a pilot program that we started at Talbot Seminary, and we're meeting with seminary students and sharing with them about Standing Stone, saying that this Standing Stone ministry is available to them when they're first starting to get their feet wet in ministry. So we can walk with them early on and then help them to really flourish and thrive in ministry. Mm. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that, Sam. Diana? Yeah, um, my name is Diana Sun, and I have a, a little bit different story than, than Sam Lee's. Um, I graduated from Talbot back in the 90s. I won't say what year. <laughs> um, and actually following my graduation, um, my degree was in pastoral counseling. I was mm. hoping to get a job with a church um, but instead, God led me to go back to Biola, and I actually worked at Biola for over three years until I had my first baby and decided to just stay home um, to be a stay-at-home mom. So for the following 
20 years or so, I didn't really get to use my counseling degree in an official way until um, a few years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And mm. as a result of that, um, one of the one of the prayers that I prayed after coming out of the second surgery, when they told me that they took everything out, they were very confident that they did you know, clear the cancer, um, was that, hey, Lord, I, I know this is a second chance, so I want to be able to serve even more. So um, not so long after that, I, you know, I've been keeping in touch with one of my professors at Talbot, and he we were emailing back and forth right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and, you know, he just told me, he says, hey, I'm retired and I'm with this amazing ministry called Standing Stone Ministry. And I think you would be you know, perfect for it. And I said, okay, what's it about? So then I started researching and it's just like God to do, you know, miraculous things right in the middle of a pandemic. I signed up for it, applied for it, you know, um, got accepted by Standing Stone uh, leadership and um, even went through training um, and was able to be accepted as a field shepherd. So I'm a part-time volunteer field shepherd. And what I do is I meet with um, pastor's wives or female pastors. Um, mm. I have been meeting with both. And for me, it's coming up two years next month being with Standing Stone. And it has been um, inexpressible joy of being able mm. to use my gift to come alongside um, women who are in ministry who are just needing to have someone, a safe space, confidentiality, mm. them to share about the struggles that they have either within their families or within their ministries. So that's awesome. So thank you guys. I think uh, we have a good breadth of you're serving as a volunteer that is helping uh, women pastors or pastors' wives, and Sam, you're helping uh, in a in a in the professional setting full time with Standing Stone with with pastors and leaders at Biola and different places. So I love that. So Standing Stone, it's shepherding shepherds. It's a, a worldwide ministry that is there to serve pastors and pastors' wives and families for mental health and just overall stress and anxiety that they're going through. And, and you guys have seen, I think, thousands of pastors over the years and just helping them. And so with that unique insight, what have you been seeing lately, especially as we're coming out of the pandemic, as and even before the pandemic, it's, it's, it's stressful being a pastor. Is there anything that you've noticed as far as patterns or any challenges or any common themes that you've been seeing among your conversations with pastors or pastors' wives that you thought we need to know about or that's important for our listeners to, to hear? Yeah, certainly it's it's an interesting time, you know, overall for the church. And I think pastors are like everybody else. I mean, they're they're trying to make adjustments with all of the the changes that have come and um, I just, I remember hearing the, the call, it was on a Wednesday saying you can't meet on church on Sunday and us trying to pull something together and trying to get something, uh, piecemeal, like a video thing. So we can actually have a, some kind of service. And I think that's been really common is that in the beginning, you're just running on totally on adrenaline and you're trying to step up and, and meet people during this crisis time that a lot of them are going through and so much uncertainty and fear that you're dealing with and trying to minister to people uh, in a very limited capacity. You can't do the things that you have done before and you try to be creative and which is 
really one of the great fruits that kind of came out of this time too, to do things differently, but at the same time, it's very challenging. And I think as the pandemic kept going on and on and everyone felt like, oh, this is just going to be a few weeks. And as it kept going on more and more, I feel like the, it started taking its toll, you know, and as things start normalizing more now, and I feel like people are being able to catch a breath, I think they're starting to realize more and more just how much of a toll the past couple of years has really had upon them and really carrying the weight of so much things on their own and, and their congregations and their churches and, and the things in their lives. It's been such a great need. And even just recently, like within the past month or so, I've added on so many pastors that have come out and to reach, uh, to reach out to me, to come in to meet together. Uh, really does so much more than even in the previous two years probably put together just in the past couple months i've experienced that mm. and is there common themes that you're hearing um that uh that you may not have heard before that, or that you're hearing more of because of just these times i think a lot of people are questioning um they're questioning whether this is what they're supposed to be doing you know, I've seen so many pastors and it's a reason Barna study had really kind of supported this, that 38% of pastors have seriously considered leaving the ministry. And uh, that really matches in terms of like the people I'm meeting, they're questioning whether this is the right place for them, whether either the fit or just their calling in general to see like, is this where we need to go? So there's so many pastors that are in a transition period. Uh, they're either transitioning from one position to the next or from church work to secular work and and secular work and thinking, okay, do I want to go back to church work? And so there's a lot of introspection and questioning and really examining their life and examining their call and examining who they are. I feel like those are some common themes that I've been seeing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I yeah, go ahead. I think that um, more than anything, I felt like I was at the right place at the right time. When I started right during the pandemic, there were many conversations and thank God for Zoom, right? It's like, who knew that this thing that you know was created was being used by God for his work. Um, I remember walking alongside a pastor's wife where um, their church uh, ministers mainly to seniors at a um, couple of senior homes and they were losing people to COVID left and right. Mm. Um, just the grieving period of not being able to go and even perform a service to say goodbye mm. because of all the, the um, you know, all the protocols for doing pandemic. And that was really hard on them. That was really hard on, on her. I remember her shedding tears when we were talking through Zoom with her saying that, I just want to be able to go and say goodbye to my congregants. And I couldn't even do that. So I think just like a normal person, any, you know, all of us who've gone through this whole thing globally, um, we just need to be there for each other. And pastors and pastors' wives are not exempt from that. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely felt like that um, when I was evaluating myself, like, do I want to be in ministry? Is this for me? Like had some serious uh, heart moments with God and conversations and really questioning a lot of things. And I think a lot of people have reevaluated their values, whether they even want to, want to be in their job or the great resignation or even 
quiet quitting, whatever you want to call it, like uh, people are really taking into consideration a lot of their values and putting into perspective where they're at. So, so, so walk us through like, what is, how does Standing Stone actually help pastors? What does that look like for people? Like if you can help give a picture. Yeah, I think Diana and I, our experiences may be a little bit different from one another. And I will say that everyone that does Standing Stone as a field shepherd that meets one-on-one with uh, people in ministry, um, we are given a lot of freedom and latitude in how we do that. And so one of the great parts of that is that we can bring our distinctive, like the way God's gifted us and our experiences that we have and bring that into caring for pastors and pastors' wives and missionaries and church leaders. And so, um, but I think the general heart and the thing that we can provide that I think is so needed is, and Diana alluded to it as a safe space, because a lot of pastors feel like they have to keep things hidden. Um, the struggles they have, they have to keep hidden. Um, they have to present themselves in a certain way. And some of that's by people's expectations of what they think the pastor should be. And some of that is their own expectations of what they think they should be. And they have to live up to that and carry that. And they can't show weakness. And they can't show that they're broken and they're going through problems or they're going through trials and their marriages are, are suffering because of what's going on or uh, they're having problems with their children and things that they don't feel comfortable or safe sharing with anybody, anybody in their church, uh, even with their wives. Sometimes they don't feel comfortable sharing some of these things because the wife goes to the church where they're having the problems with the elders or whoever and feeling like, I don't want to muddy the water for her too. So it's really providing a space where they can really come and say, I can let down my guard. I can feel safe. Uh, this person doesn't belong to my denomination, doesn't belong to any church. We're a very non-denominational organization. So we have here, and we're just here for you. Not for your ministry, not for your congregation, not for any other purpose that we're just here for you and we want to come alongside and support you in whatever way can really show you the greatest amount of love and support um in my particular case i try to also equip and encourage and uh, provide i've been pastor for over 25 years and just to provide some insight into just daily things that they have to go through and so i think uh yeah diana you want to add anything yeah, I think from what I understand, we started out um, as uh, as shepherds who are ex-pastors. Most are retired pastors, the ones that have some experience that they just have a heart to come alongside younger generation pastors and ministers and just really offer experience. Um, and then it slowly kind of grew into, um, we have over 200 shepherds right now. Um, full-time, part-time, and volunteers included. And I think some of us have a little bit more training and because Sandy Stone has been around for 20 years now, so it kind of has evolved as well. In the beginning, it's definitely all word of mouth. You know, we don't do any advertisement or anything, but I believe the founders just make sure that local churches are aware that, um, hey, if you have a pastor that just wants someone to listen to them, walk alongside with them, we're here. Um, but through those two decades that we've been around, I think they have found that um, some cases a little bit deeper, some pastors, maybe because they have not taken care of their mental health, it has turned into a depression situation. 
an addiction situation, which we have seen a lot of throughout the whole United States, um, a secret um, that you know they just can't share about. So that is where, um, for me, myself, I get referrals sometimes. So um, a few of the leaders are aware that I have my training, my background in pastoral counseling. So if there's one or two female pastors or uh, pastor's wives who may seem like they could use someone who has a little bit more counseling experience, then they will refer them to me. So for me, I haven't had to go out and actually, you know, uh, market myself, I guess, in a way, um, to local churches, but um, I have getting more cases that need a little bit more attention, walk with them, using some of my counseling training to help them um, rediscover who they are in God. Right. That's good. So let's get a little bit more practical. Um, if I'm a, pa- I am a pastor and I love everything you said, it's like, man, I want that. What does that mean? Is it like I have to I sign up on the website and I have, and someone sends me a shepherd and I, and I go through this, like, is it a year? Is it a week? Like, is it like, do we, how does this process work so that people kind of get a grasp of how long is this? How short is this? And how much, how much does it cost? Everyone's going to be like, counseling is expensive. Like how much, how much do I have to pay for this? That's, that's one of the amazing things is that uh, it's free. It's free of charge. Uh, we we do that purposely. We raise our own support so that we don't have to charge. We wow. really want to present ourselves as no agenda, no strings attached. We're here purely for you. No, we're not gaining any income from that. We're not asking for you personally as a pastor to, to pay or your church to pay or your denomination to pay. It's really no strings attached. And so I really love that heart. And that's one of the things that drew me to being a part of this. Um, but in general, it, it is, whether through relationships like Diana had mentioned, uh, through through word of mouth, I think a lot of the connections made are, are made that way. Um, but also we're starting to we're starting to market ourselves a little bit better going through social media and different things. And so we're, I'm already seeing that. I've already got connected with some through that avenue where they would contact the national office and then they would be directed to either the Western or the Eastern side. Um, and they would have an interview with them and say like, what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. what's happening in your life? You know, what are the greatest needs that you have? And both the directors on both the West Coast and East Coast they have familiarity with all the, the field shepherds on, on their coast. And so mm. they would go and connect you with somebody that they feel like is a good match. Right. Mm. And correct me if I'm wrong, um, Sam, that I think the only time you will be charged for is the retreat because the retreat is still happening. And if, if there's a pastor correct. and pastor wife or pastor and pastor husband couple that um, are in need of like a one week away just to really sort things out. Um, that's the only time that there's a charge for you to pay for that one week. It's it's not to pay the shepherds, but it's to pay for your one week expense of food and shelter and um, living expenses, right? Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, um, that's great. And that is that specifically for marriages to work on or just like a soul care kind of retreat kind of thing? I think the retreat is for marriage, marriage um, counseling or yeah, marriage shepherding. So, okay, and it's That's great. So, it's if really I'm a pastor. Go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> it's very important because um, 
a lot of times we don't see how marriage, uh, a good marriage can be the foundation of a good pastorship. And oh, yeah. a lot of couples that come out of that retreat become changed people, changed pastors and ministers. 100%. I mean, if your wife is not supporting you or your husband's not supporting you, uh, I don't think you'll last as long or your ministry will be as fruitful. But um, when it's together, you get to see exponential growth. And so I, I, I think that's very true. The healthier the marriage, the healthier, I think, the ministry. Um, so there's kind of like individual counseling, it sounds like, that you can get, as well as this retreat that you can get for marriages. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm sitting here, I'm listening to this. Most people think counseling is like, oh, I only need it when I'm like really in a bad place. Like I'm struggling and I have this addiction or like I'm like in a bad, bad place. Who would you recommend? Is is that what you would say? Yeah, if you're in a really bad place, come to us. Or who should be the person that comes to you guys? Is it what what spectrum and what level would you recommend for anyone? Because there's a lot of different spectrums, right? See people who are in, going through severe stuff, and some people are like, well, I'm just I'm just anxious. I don't know that is that's normal, right? Yeah. Like, do I need to go to counseling? Do I need to get standing still? Like, I don't right. know. What what would you say to them? That's that's the beauty of it, um, if I may. Um, that's what Sam has been trying to say is that we have a whole huge spectrum of, for example, we have someone on the Western side. Um, he's an expert in dealing with boards. So if you're a pastor who says, I don't really have any mental breakdown or anything, but I'm just having a real hard time dealing with my elder board. I can't get along with them. Well, we have someone who's an expert in that and he'll just come alongside you. And there's no um, there's no like a defined way of saying you must meet with us for six months. You know, it it has to be every week. It's nothing like that. He'll probably Mm. just take you out for coffee and talk about whatever problem it is that you're having with your board and offer you some advice in a listening ear. And that's about it. So the counseling part, we don't even use the word counseling. We just say shepherding. Mm. Uh, Counseling is more for a very few handful number of us who actually have a little bit more training. And if there's someone that one of the shepherds feel like, hey, this pastor's wife is really going through a hard time. I don't think that I can handle her problems. I'm going to call up Diana and say, hey, can you take this case for me? So mm-hmm. that's that's the only time where we will call it actual counseling. Um, otherwise, it's really just shepherding. It's really just an older shepherd coming alongside a younger shepherd. That's great. I mean, I was just talking with a friend about mentoring, how we all need mentors, someone older than us. And I love that you guys use the word shepherding to make it a little more broad and very specific, like whatever your issue is, just call someone for help, mm-hmm. like your organization, and you can get help. And I think that's amazing because we all have problems and we all have issues if you're leading the church. And so I think that's great. And, and so with that, um, the Asian American church, since a lot of people here are from the Asian American context, um, how is the so the standing stone? Does that have like something that can help people specifically in the Asian American church experience, um, or what would you suggest for them to navigate their experience with standing stone? Yeah, it's interesting because that's one of the things that I felt like the Lord calling me to standing stone. Uh, um, so just full disclosure, the amount of Asians in Standing Stone is very limited. 
And so I'm one of them. And I actually recruited a, a couple more with me when I came. And, and I think I want to continue to do that. Because I think the Asian American experience is is unique in some respects, you know, and some of the things that they go through in their their family and their culture and the influence it has on church and ministry, um, regardless if it's a Chinese church or Korean church or Asian American church or, or what have you, there's some distinct distinctives that come along with that. And so, but there are a handful of us, and I think that uh, those are often the ones that I get referred to. Uh, most of the people that I meet with are Asian American. And so um, I think that, I think it's really great because I think we can relate to not just the cultural side, but also the ministry side and see like, what does that combination kind of look like? And how does that uniquely impact us, you know, in doing ministry and being a pastor and leading a church like that? Mm. That's great. Diana, do you want to say anything about that? Um, it, obviously, you know, the title of this podcast, Erasing Shame. And I think we know that um, Asian culture, shame is a huge factor. And it even plays into our Christian churches as well. So um, I, I do, like Sam, we, I, I do have a handful of women that I meet with, pastor's wives and um and missionaries, actually, we meet, we meet with missionaries, too, whether they're on furlough or they just need someone to talk to. Um, I have a couple of missionary spouses who are um, Asian descent, and um, it, it's a combination when I work with them. It's the, uh, the stress of the ministry and being on the field, the missions field, and combine that with the whole Asian culture, the shame culture of not being able to talk about it. So um, for me, within the sessions, I always emphasize confidentiality mm -hmm. and, and no judgment, no judgment whatsoever. We all go through tough times and whatever you go through, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to listen to you and walk mm -hmm. alongside you and help you um, get yourself back on track with your relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I may, um, I actually have an excerpt of a journal that I got permission from one of the pastor's wives that I can read to you um, from the things that she learned through our sessions, if that's okay. Yes, please. Okay. Um, when I first met Diana, I didn't think that I needed a counselor because I'm a pastor's wife, a full-time minister myself, and I'm supposed to have it all together. Sound familiar? <laughs> However, as I reflect over the past year, I'm so thankful that the Lord allowed me to humble myself and delve into hurting areas of my life with Diana. These are areas of my life that I have swept under the carpet in order to roll up my sleeves and serve the Lord where he has put me. I was thinking of, of areas in my life that I have experienced hurt. Meeting with Diana has helped me to uh, resolve, forgive, and renew. Here are some of the ways that processing have benefited me my calling as a pastor's wife. With her encouragement, I was able to reflect on years of working alongside my husband as a pastor's wife. I was able to identify some unhealthy habits and practices and recognize my limits, set good boundaries in order to not be a doormat. I can now hold my head high, knowing that I am an integral part of my husband's ministry. I'm on par with him, even though not the same. We were created to be different and have different gifts in the body of Christ. 
my ministries. Diana has helped encourage me in my unique gifts. She helped name my spiritual gifts of hospitality, discernment, and discipleship in my interactions with the congregation. This has given me a lot more confidence and reliance on the Holy Spirit with my family. Through all sessions, I have also come to realize that I need to set healthy boundaries with my family, with my families, with my own siblings, as well as with my grown children and their children. We've also talked about triangulation, mental health issues, and codependencies. Most of all, my takeaway from my Standing Stone sessions have been that I am a woman created in God's image, valued by him, deserving of respect. I am creative, resourceful, and gifted. I am now much more confident in all the areas of my life. Wow. That is powerful. Yes. I'm just picturing her and how that, your relationship through Standing Stone has changed and transformed her own personal identity and and walk and life, as well as her marriage with her husband, who's a pastor, and now the whole church, no matter how big, 50 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, I mean, just thousands of people's lives could be potentially changed because um, of your ministry. And so I think that's so important. And I wish I knew about this in my twenties when I started out, I definitely could have used this. Um, And I don't know why any pastor or pastor wife wouldn't want to reach out because it's free. Like we love, I love deals. I think most Asians love (laughs) deals. And so um, I think this is an amazing opportunity because as you both know, and you hear, uh, and me speaking as a pastor, it's very lonely to be a pastor sometimes, uh, many times, and you can't talk to anyone, or it's hard to be like, I'm in a small group, I'm in a small group, but it's like, I'm the pastor, but I'm also not the leader. Mm-hmm. So how do you play that role and, and balance that and, and um, being in a different context? It's um, it's a challenge. And so I, I love that you provide that space. And, and if, even if you're like, man, I got it down. I love that you also are able to mentor or give advice or provide guidance, shepherd in other areas of maybe even leadership or um, Asian American issues that may not be necessarily counseling, but just things that they are struggling with that they can have a friend or a mentor that can process that. And so I, I love that that service. And and I, I love what you said, Sam, about how, well, we, we other Asian Americans maybe want to serve in this way, like you have, Diana. And utilize their skills. I have a, a master's in marriage and family therapy too. And so um, I, I think it's a huge importance to help the Asian American community as well as every community, of course. Um, so I love that opportunity. So if you guys want to get involved with Standing Stone, whether to receive their services or maybe to contribute, we will put it in the show notes at erasingshane.com and love for you to check it out and, and really explore this. But um, is there any last thoughts or comments that either one of you guys want to share to our listeners? Yeah, I, I think for me, when I see pastors come and reach out to Standing Stone, uh, a lot of them are in crisis. And you would think, what does it take for a pastor to reach out for help? What does it take for an Asian American pastor to reach out for help? And there's a huge element of shame that's involved there. And I think that's the result of having to break through that is if the pain is great enough to be able to oh, supersede that. and the things that like Diana shared in my experience as well, like all the people that I've been met, meeting with have really seen is there's so much benefit to that. And you don't have to be in crisis to reach out and don't let things like shame prevent you from really experiencing the life that God intended you to so that you would really thrive in ministry and not just survive. 
And that's really my heart. And that's really the standard that I want to present to all those in ministry. Are you thriving? And if you're not thriving, then come along someone that can help you and walk with you to help reach that goal. It shouldn't be that I'm surviving. and I'm just okay. And I really want to encourage those uh, don't let things like shame or hiddenness or sin prevent you from reaching out and really being loved by another person, being loved by God to help bring you to a place where you're really thriving. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad that um, Sam, the Sam, you that you brought up the uh, whole loneliness thing, because studies have shown pastors wives are one of the loneliest groups of people in the world. So, um, yeah, like Sam said, don't worry about, you know, reaching out. There's no judgment. We try, we strive our best to create a very safe space where it's confidential and um, it's really a safe space for you to just share, lay your burdens down, and we're there to share that burden with you. That's good. I love that. And I love that idea that. I agree. Shame, I think, prevents a lot of people from getting help, especially in the Asian American context. But on the, on the flip side, I think it's also pride. It's like, no, I'm good. I can do it. I, I help others. I don't get help. And I always tell people, it's like getting an oil change. You need regular maintenance, right? Like, yes. um, you don't have to get the oil change, but if you don't, your car will break down. It's a simple thing. Just change the oil and it does wonders for your car. And so I think getting help like this whether it's counseling or a shepherd or someone just getting help regularly, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't, especially if it's free, like, what are you going to lose? Right. It's, it's a beautiful relationship that you can form and you don't know what God's going to do with that. As long as we're willing to lay down our, our pride or shame. And so that's my hope for you guys, listeners, go check this out on the, on the show notes. Thank you so much for your time, Sam and Diana. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll hopefully you, they'll get to connect with you in the future too. Thank you. Great. Thanks for you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Hey, this is DJ Chuang again. Thank you, Sam Yoon, for being my co-host for the month of October 2022 on the Erasing Shame podcast. Please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and your pastor or uh, your congregation so that we can all learn how to better care and show appreciation for our pastors and their partners so that we can do the work of ministry more effectively for the glory of God and for the good of all people. We want to show compassion and care, encouraging Christian Asian mental health. We are there on Facebook and YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe and share and also leave a comment and a rating so others may hear about this conversation and start building a community of compassion and care for churches all around the country that have Asian and Asian Americans because we need to stop the stigma, erase the shame, and build supporting communities to really resolve this mental health crisis. Thank you for staying tuned. We appreciate you. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line anytime at erasingshame.com.